Welcome to the Motive for Life radio show. This is Robert Christensen. And this is Devin Waite. Wow, we got off to a rocky start. I'm trying to record this thing, didn't we? <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> take two. Take two, take three, take four. Yeah. Wow, so we just decided we're just going to roll with this thing because it's been about five or six weeks now since we've done a podcast. Yeah. And we've been on vacation. Yeah, vacation and life. Life, yeah. yeah. I was at Burning Man for eight days. Yeah. And that was really great. So I highly recommend anybody go to Burning Man. Right. How yeah. about you? Yeah, I went to Orlando uh, for with, nine days. With the family? With the family. Three kids and a grandma, right? Yes. How was that? <laughs> it's not relaxing, but wonderful to see <laughs> how relaxing. much fun the kids had. <laughs> not relaxing. I love that, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had completely the opposite experience, yeah, right? Right. I, I was 100% unplugged. In the desert of northern Nevada, it's 120 miles north of Reno at about 5,000 feet elevation on a dry desert lake bed, all right? With no, uh, at Burning Man, there's no money. You can only buy coffee and ice. Hmm. Everything else is gratuity-based. Okay. Um, And then on top of that, there's no technology. There's no schedule. There's no place to be, and everybody is decomposing and pulling away whatever identity they had prior to showing up there. So they're wearing costumes or just loose clothing, and some group of people are not wearing anything at all. <laughs> um, and uh, none of the reputational stuff about Burning Man showed up. Like, I didn't see drug use. I didn't see lewd yeah. behavior. I didn't see any of that stuff, right? This is my second year. It's very, very well-behaved. And you were telling me there's... It's like a wheel and there's different sections. Yeah. So the way they had the city laid out, it's called Black Rock City. And Black Rock City is the shape of three quarters of a clock. So it starts at two o'clock and then sweeps around to 10 o'clock. And the concentric circles are lettered. So A, B, C, D on your working your way out from the center of the clock. Okay. So we were at a village that was at 530 and... G. Okay. So you would say, hey, by myself, as I ride my bike, a pedal, everything. By the way, everything's pedaled. Right. Unless you drive what's called a mutant vehicle. Mm. A mutant vehicle cannot be a normal car or anything like that. It has to be something that's been uh, put into artwork. So it's like a modified golf cart or yeah, something Yeah, that'd be like one, that. right? Okay. So for example, there was a golf cart that ran around that was a Pac-Man. Okay. It was an eight foot tall Pac-Man. <laughs> Which would so the optics at night, right? So there's no this. You gotta remember, you're in the middle of the desert, right? Yeah. There's a big lake bed, and so here's this Pac-Man going across the lake bed, right? You know, and it's this giant Pac-Man, and it's one of maybe a hundred mutant vehicles running okay. around. Wow. Some blowing flames twenty feet in the air. Wow. And other ones were large floats, and it just goes on and on. And then, oh by the way, there's Forty-five thousand bicycles with little blinking lights on them. Hmm. Okay, going back and forth and like that. So there's yeah. always. It's hard to describe, optically. Yeah, what's going on there, and so you, you just kind of go with this this mind blowing experience around art and identity decomposition yeah. about who you think you are. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter there. Because I I'll, I'll be talking with some person. And eventually I find out they're an executive with some Fortune 500 company. Yeah. And I was asking you how it started and no, that's wasn't how. that that's how. That's right? it. They wanted to check out of the corporate world, right? And they needed a space to do anything and be anyone they wanted. And the name Bernie Mann 
really is, is, the, is the burning of the man, of the man or the woman. Yeah, right. but that's metaphorically of a man, right? Sure. So we they, they burn a man, right? Um, not an actual man; it's a, a wood one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so there's a, so much going on, and, and what you see online is not really representative. Um, I, I found that the true what they call how they ask you how your burn is going, mm. and when you go there and you let loose of what you think you're supposed to do at Burning Man, it's like wear a costume and do artwork and that kind of stuff like that. That's really just like the first day. Now, what are you going to do with the rest of the time you're there? You're going to get to know people. You're going to go deep on personal relationships. You're going to start really challenging yourself about what is it that I, that I'm doing with my life, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought that that was a great place to do it last year. And it really was uh, impactful for my, me personally. And this year was, I went way, way deeper right. about my commitment to my, my passions about what I want to do, but facilitating breakthroughs with people, my commitment at an executive level now with the company I'm working with is just mm-hmm. all about gaining harmony, mm-hmm. just harmony with all the people that we're working together on a, on a common purpose of helping people do better through technology. Do you yeah. find that process to be difficult to do at all? Or what, what is that like for you, decomposing yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I struggled a bit while at Burning Man with what to wear. Hmm. I, you know, I, I'm like on Tuesday, there's something called Tutu Tuesday. You're, everybody's wearing a tutu. Okay. All right. So it's a dress, right? It's a little, mm-hmm. you know, little tutu. And I, I didn't even know that there was a two, two Tuesday. This is my second year there. And I'm walking, it's about five o'clock on a Tuesday. I'm, I'm going, wow, there's a lot of people in tutus. <laughs> and then I realized that someone said it, there's where my mind's at, right? I'm yeah. more, I'm so obsessed sometimes with how I appear to other people. Mm, mm-hmm. And I get, I get caught up into that. I forget that, wait a second. You know, that's the whole point of this place is to forget about what you look like. Right. Right. And so I had to break through that initial barrier of presentation of an identity. Hmm. So in my day-to-day job, you know, I, I, you know, we're in a corporate world. I mean, this is the reality. They call it the default world, by the way. Okay. In burner burner technology, there's language. I see. Right. Uh, It's called the default world. Interesting. When you're in the burning Black Rock City world, that's, you're having a burn is what they call it. Okay. And they asked you, how's your burn? Hmm. Are you burning? Are you decomposing? Are you pulling it apart? Are you allowing for this to happen? Wow. I know. And then, so like, I'll have a conversation with somebody and we'll start talking. And within an hour, they're in tears crying. Yeah. Because they're, they're just letting go stuff. Right. And so I, I I tend to have this effect on people. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you, so you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it and it facilitating breakthroughs, right? So yeah. that's what I did. That's pretty much what I did when I was at Burning Man. I went from conversation yeah. to conversation. I must have had thirty or forty very meaningful conversations. Yeah. Well, and and meaningful for you too. Oh I yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Cause what yeah. was reflected back to me was mm-hmm. the was this process. Right. Right. And I yeah, so I encourage you to find a place with whether it's at Burning Man or any place else that you have find a place in your life that you can go do that. Yeah. And I love that. No technology and, you know, disconnection, if you will, from what they call the default world there for, for that language. But, uh, there's, there's a place that I went to as well too, um, to do some of that work and, and same thing. That was in Tennessee, right? Tennessee. Yeah. A place called Onsite. What was that like? The same. Uh, well, no, I take it back. No two, two Tuesday. (laughs) 
I love how you said the yeah. same, it's the yeah. same outcome. It's the same concept. Okay. Yeah, the same outcome that you're doing this internal work of of figuring out what your identity is or decomposing what you thought your identity should be or what mm -hmm. you think it is. And, mm -hmm. and through that process, it's more of looking at your family of origin, looking at, um, you know, even your own uh, character flaws and, and, and working on that stuff and working on the you know, little T or big T traumas that you might have gone through, whether it's in an individual or group setting. And so what's the name of the place? It's called on-site workshops. On-site workshops. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Cumberland Furnace, Tennessee, about an hour and 15 minutes out of Nashville. Interesting. I remember you telling me about that and you, and you keep pulling me back to that as a very influential mm -hmm. point in your life when you went. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been a couple of times. So, um, but not having that technology and there, they don't let you talk about your work either. So that's one of the, there are many rules, but that's one that you can't talk about your work because so many people show up there as that's a part of their identity. Well, a lot of people, well, maybe even push further on that. A mm -hmm. lot of people, that's their only identity. There you go. Yeah. It's what defines them. Oftentimes. And, yes. and and that's why I think sometimes when people get laid off or or let go or whatever the mm -hmm. reason is you leave a particular role, you lose that identity. Yeah. Yeah. That's a part of that throwing the grenade and the and people will go into deep depressions. Oh and, yeah. Who yeah. am I? Yeah, sure. Right. And if I don't have an identity, what am I? Mm-hmm. Right. Am I Robert? Well, and think about that when it comes to if you want to retire or quote unquote retire, you know, that I think that there could be a identity loss there. I so totally agree. You know, breaking away from that and knowing who you are and that works a part of that, you know, that's, it that's really, really is. important. So well, this has been a great conversation. Mm -hmm. So I, I so um, what today's topic is on this podcast <clears throat> has been is is. Two two parts. The the first part is is um, you know, what's your best day, and so this morning I got up and I did some breathing exercises. And part of that breathing exercises was to kind of view what your best possible day could be, and and that we want to dive into. Um, but but there's another piece to today's best day was this podcast, <laughs> and I introduced. Um, this podcast some about a year and a half ago, and we've done over a hundred. God, it's been two years now. So there's over a hundred episodes and they all revolve around the technology of self-worth, uh, finding your true identity. What is it that you want to be? You know, what do you got What are you going to do? And these all go, go towards having some sort of definition of what a, a best day would look like, right? That's and having, being worthy of such a best day. And I'll be truthful, man. I, I really wasn't into doing the podcast anymore. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got together after Burning Man, and uh, we went through a list of of things that we're doing, and podcasts was taken taken off of them. Well, w there was no we; it, it was you. Okay, so yeah. let's be clear. Okay, <laughs> but so folks, we the the I went to Devin and said, you know, screw it, podcast out, and he just looked at me, and inside me, I wasn't honest, man. I just wasn't honest with you. I, I felt yeah. inside of me that was a mistake, but I didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, and vice versa, I didn't feel like it was a great decision and I didn't say anything. Yeah. And and so about, a, I guess it was like three or four days later, I mm -hmm. came to you and I said, that was that was not a good thing. Right. And and so I had to listen to my intuition. And I'm so glad we're doing these because uh, they're a passion of ours. Mm -hmm. They're just something that 
that I like doing, whether one person hears them or, you know, 100,000 people hear them. Yeah. I really don't care. Well, and yes, and, and there, and I agree, and that's why we're doing it. But the reason why you wanted to stop doing it too was to, I think, to have a set amount of things on your plate. I mean, that's what yes. I understood. Yes. So, um, so I don't think there, there, I don't think there was bad intention there, but you know, I can relate to that of trying to focus on the things that I think it's going to get me where I need to go. And then sometimes going, gosh, you know, that, that thing that I let go of, whether it's helping other men, you know, or coaching or, or whatnot that, you know, that was a piece of me that really made me whole. And I need to keep doing that. My plate seemed to be overflowing Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to do the things I wanted to do without letting go some other things. Sure. Instead of just getting a larger plate. (laughs) I never thought about that. Uh, Well, I, I have previously, but I didn't think about it this time. Um, And one of the things I've done to kind of gift towards an identity that I've had for a long time that I've really cherished was being a photographer. Mm -hmm. I love photography and I've done photography since I was 16 at a dark room in my parents' basement. I'm old school, right? I was doing film and developers and stuff like that. And we were talking about how to make that real. So I made a decision prior to Burning Man about a month prior to that, that I wanted to really create photography, not just take pictures and put them online. I wanted to take them through the whole process. I want to take pictures, go online with them, clean them up, prepare them, color correction, and then go to print with them, frame them, get them ready, and eventually sell them. And that is the equivalent of a development process back when I was 16. And so I bought some pretty sizable amount of equipment and computers and stuff, um, and it's an investment in myself, and I felt like I had to bump something to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with it, man. Yeah. And I really said, okay, that's gotta go so I can do this. Right. Very absolute. Sure. Yeah. And we're guilty of it. You I know, know man. I, I know. I've done the same. If I do this, that's got to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not true. Well, I love the idea of a bigger plate uh, with, with due respect. Um, I, I think that could, that could be, you know, taking you down a, a path sometimes if, if people just keep adding and adding and adding, but these are, these are passion projects they of are. yours. You they know, are they, passion projects. they fuel you, they, they make you whole and, and, and me too. And, I just, I think it's amazing that you're doing the, the passion project of making photography and wanting to take it down that, you know, chain of eventually selling it and getting the artwork out there. Right. And Robert, you're the type of guy that you said, I'm going to do this. And then one day there's a massive printer. It's a big one, isn't <laughs> it? It's about 300 pounds. It's giant. It's as big as, it's the ones you see at Costco when they do the printing. Uh-huh. It's yeah. one of those. Yeah. Um, and here's the funny thing about that. The ink systems inside them, um, they have to keep moving. Okay. All right. So yeah. I don't do a print every three days, uh, at least. The ink gets The heads stagnant. get all gummed up. Okay. And then you have to clear them and that burns a bunch of ink. Oh, okay. All right. So you're basically wasting, you know, 50, 70 bucks in ink to clean the heads. Wow. Okay. All right. So there's, there's stuff like that that you got to know. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Before you do this stuff. So, okay, well that changes everything, doesn't it? You, know? you got to really print. You got to think about what you're doing. Yeah. And how you're doing it. Yeah. So anyway, um, so this all leads to our topic. 
it, it really does. So mm-hmm. thanks for hanging on, folks. But as we as we you know lean into this topic of what is your best day, mm-hmm. and this is a really provocative question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we've asked people what their best day could be, what yeah. does it look like? How does it fall open? Mm-hmm. And how does that how does that resonate with you? Well, it resonates in that. I could say whatever I'm going to say, but how do how does that feel in my core? Yeah. Meaning am I worthy of having what comes out of my mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember we talked about best day and in that moment it was traveling with my wife and going out and and doing stuff and you know, doing it now, not when we're, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old, which isn't that far off, but still like doing it now and, um, and getting over fears around that, whatever financial or time and, you know, scarcity stuff. So, so that was my best day, but I think let's, let's stop right there. Okay. Okay. Cause I I want to ask you that question. You hit on a very important topic, scarcity stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you explain that? Why that affects what is your best day? It's that I I may I feel like I don't have what I need to have to have my best day. Ah, uh, it's like finances. Finances. Or yeah. time. Or time. Exactly. Yeah, probably more time than finances, <clears throat> if anything. I, I feel like they can be tied. Sometimes you feel like you're using your time to get your finances in order. And and those aren't always true. It's just stuff, you know, maybe misbeliefs in my head, but Well well let me ask a question then. Sure. So so how do you think people tie the potential of their best day to scarcity in that sense? Because you just basically gave your mm-hmm. explanation that I have thoughts of, oh, I need this much money mm-hmm. to go experience this thing right. before I can have this best day. Yes. Yeah. That's that's exactly what that is. Okay. Okay. So how do you navigate that? It's tough. I I have to say it's tough, but how I navigate it is going ahead and knowing that if that's the goal, that the path is going to be shown to me and, and you know, set the goal and, and just kind of trust the process. And so um, that's been really a theme in my life lately of getting over issues of scarcity because I, I can be very rigid around that. I need, you know, this much money and this much time to be able to do this thing. And, um, and so being loose about that a little bit, still being smart, not making bad decisions, but, you know, so for example, one thing I thought is, well, let's take, let's take a trip a year, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we'll plan it out and, and we'll, we'll figure out the details and know what that's going to look like and, and all that. So, that's what kind of helped me figure out how to get to that particular best day is just, you know, saying, okay, well, let's do one a year. That's interesting because I think about that as a kid, my family would do not annually, but every other year or so we would do this road trip to Louisiana hmm. to see my grandparent, Okay, my grandmother, my grandfather had passed, but my mom was one of 13 kids. Wow. Yeah, from Louisiana. Okay. All right. So there, you want to talk about <laughs> just good Southern um, hospitality yeah. type of thing. And, and it was very culturally different than where I was coming from. Yeah. So I remember growing up that we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of money. My dad worked for the government. My mom had a side job of, of 
doing some basic bookkeeping. Mm. Um, and we lived on government property mm. in government housing. And we, we had a, a three bedroom government house, which is now, if I would go back and look at it, it was such, it was really not very, very good mm -hmm. at the time. We lived in the sure. desert. And they planned for the whole year to do this. And no matter how much money they had, they were able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what, where we stayed, what we did, who we stayed with, those type of things, how long they drove at night, you know, yeah. these type of things were all financially related. Yeah, sure. And um, I just remember us going, and I don't remember as a kid ever once remembering that we didn't have money. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's that's good. It's it is. Good it's really interesting yeah. because I think that they were, you know, they were focused on having an event. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And experiencing that, not uh, not worried about the money, if you will, or not exposing you to that. That that's right. Yeah. That's right. So we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we'll talk about you know what are the components of making your best day ever. You know, well, how do you get that done? So. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Motor for Life radio show. This is Robert Christensen. And this is Devin Waite. Our topic today is what is your best day? And Devin, I think we've uh, covered the ground on the obstacles that stand in front of us for what your day yeah, is. But uh, right. knowing what you want, I think is the first step. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And so um, I think also knowing what you want, and we'll go always back to this, but there's, there's self-worth, you know, mm -hmm. at the, at the base of that. Are you worthy of? Of a good day. Yeah. Right. I, I run into so many people who say they're having shitty days. Mm -hmm. Now I can see that. You know, I've had bad days. I know that's bad days. But there was something built into me that says, if I keep talking about what a shitty day I have, it's going to continue to be a crappy day. It may turn into a crappy month. You know? Yeah, well, there's always that, right? <laughs> yeah, It'll just yeah. keep rolling into the sure. next days. That's a very good point. I mm -hmm. never thought about that. That yeah. to me, that's like, a, wow, wow, that's significant, right? Yeah. And I remember a, a book I read called The Power Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the pain body and how we're addicted to pain. That the human humans are addicted to to pain. Yeah, and suffering. And suffering. And, and, I, and I, I, it really took me back. I'm going, whoa, how, how could I be addicted to pain? Mm -hmm. Well, think about your, th your language. Think about what you're talking about. Think about constantly, repetitively going back to, oh, I'm having a crappy day. Well, why is it a crappy day? Because I'm, these people are doing this to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or why can't I do this? Right, or I don't have enough money to go yeah. do that. Right? right. You know, All the reasons of being a victim in a crappy day. Yeah. Here's the thing I, I know about days is you can restart them at any time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now, you can. you can decide, I plan to change my attitude for the remaining portion of what this day looks like. Yeah. And and therein lies the key is the, the control is within you. You can have the best day or a crappy day, any day. And that's a worthiness issue. Yes, it is. Yeah. Deciding that you are worthy of changing the trajectory of your day. That you deserve, not even deserve, you are worthy of 
a better emotional state mm-hmm. that I can step into something where I am less fearful, less angry, and more joyous. Yeah. More fun. Right. And so like today, I have specifically said my whole goal for today is to have fun. That's great. Yeah. You set that intention. I did. Probably early this morning. I wrote it on a whiteboard. <laughs> I just said half. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. And it says have fun. Right. And this reminds me of another book I um, read. Uh, it was the founder of Zappos. It was called mm. um, Delivering Happiness. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, all he wanted to do was deliver happiness to his customers. Mm-hmm. Right. Spent no money on marketing at all. Hmm. It was all invested in customer service. Okay. And all he wanted to do, everybody's goal was to make the client happy. Hmm. That's it. Built a three, $4 billion business based on shoes. Wow. On that singleness of purpose. Singleness of purpose. Yeah. Right. So having fun for me today is a, is a goal. I feel worthy of having fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the key. You know? It is. And I would argue, too, that it's it's okay to say it and keep saying it, even if your worth isn't right there to match it, you know. Especially if it's not. Yes, there, that's that's right. Just to keep keep on that path. If if you if you um are listening to this and ask and saying to yourself, you don't understand me. I don't feel worthy of anything. As a matter of fact, if you could really hear the voices in my head, I have done things that I'm not proud of. I have been treated poorly by others. I may have been victimized by somebody. You don't understand. Nobody protected me. No one came along and helped me. No one gave me any value. No one talked to me in a way that was supportive or loving or caring. I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I totally understand that thinking. And it is a never ending pit of sand that rolls in. Every time you think you scoop it out, it rolls right back in again. And the, the work that's necessary to change that worthiness trajectory, how are you thinking is what we are talking about. Yeah, it really is. It, it comes down to the thoughts. Absolutely. And what you allow in or not allow or identify and say, nope, and let that one go, you know. And so, really, um, even even re- choosing to restart your day—that's that's a that's a big decision. It's a huge decision. Yeah. It's, it's a conscious, mindful decision. And what they call that is they call it mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Right. When you make a decision to restart your day, I'm choosing to to think more positively. That's a that's a consciousness thing. That's a, that's a mindfulness process. Yeah, there's intent behind it. That's that's positive. So there's there's two parts to that, right? So you have to say, hey, how do I discover what my vision is for my day? What is it that I've decided I want is a good day? Maybe it's an outcome to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And maybe I want to um, discover how to solve a problem in my life. Maybe I'm having a challenge with a child. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm having a real issue around dealing with the loss of somebody. These are These are life, life issues that cause us grief, you know, um, we may have sorrow in our life. How do I change that and decide I don't want to feel sorry anymore? I don't want to feel like I have loss anymore. Um, what are these core 
things that say, okay, I'm hurting. I know I'm hurting, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. That, that person inside me is hurting or has sorrow or has grief. However, I can look at that person and say, okay, I understand that you're hurting inside, um, but life is okay. Mm-hmm. And life is good. And we will go through this and grieve and deal with that. The outcome is, is there's some relief there about feeling better. Can I feel better about that day if I'm going through that process? Mm-hmm. If you're going through a work-related issue where you're deciding on whether or not you know this job's right for me, is this the right mm-hmm. thing I'm doing? Is this the outcomes I want? You know, Ask yourself, what do you want to happen today that will either like bring harmony to your work environment that will um, help you get a better or a higher sense of value out of it. Or if it's not for you mm-hmm. and you decide you want to move elsewhere. Yeah. Well, and that consciousness, mindful stepping out of yourself and really talking back to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, that's a technology that's really, really powerful, you know? And I, 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 I don't know if it's just humans that can do that, you know, but d- tr- try, I would urge our listeners to try it, yes. especially if, if they are having a bad day and, you know, identify what's going on, stop, you know, really just talk to yourself for a minute. And we talk about mirror work, you know, and that's one way to do it, but you don't have to. And, um, and I think really understanding what's going on, but then casting out, okay, well, so you know, what, like you said, what do I want and allowing that to unfold, you know? So I think knowing what I want, um, it, for me, meditation is one of the best ways. It is. It's a way to practice. Mm -hmm. The the meditation gives you, um, the ability to start witnessing your thoughts in a way where you can make decisions on, do you want to think that? This is really an interesting thing to allow yourself to recognize that your brain will always chatter. It's what it does. It's like a dog on a bone. <laughs> it will chew that bone. And for me, for I've caught myself recently repeating the same song in my head a lot lately. To be more specific, there's a great band called Lord Huron, and their lyrics are freaking amazing. I just love their lyrics. And I get these lyrics in my head and I find myself rotating on them over and over again. And I used to really say, hey, how do I break that? Okay, let's put some David Bowie on or do something Mm -hmm. like that. And I would break that cycle. But I decided not to these days because my brain needed something to chew on. Mm. And I allowed it to cycle on it. Well, but that's, you're cycling on something positive. Yes. Right. So I, where I think the risk is, is, is when people are cycling on something Great negative. observation. Yeah. 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 Devin, I think that's very, very point that, um, so for example, there was somebody recently this past week, um, who I should have given a notification in advance that I was doing something, but I forgot. And I went ahead and did something, um, with regards to engaging um, some people, and it would have just been the right thing to talk to them first and tell them what I'm doing, mm-hmm. okay? Because they're not my people; they're they're theirs. They're they're employees of another group and stuff. And so I I I went, oh dang it, mm-hmm. right? You know, so I I could have done better. And instead of just avoiding it, or justifying it, mm-hmm. or putting some reasons around it why I kind of <laughs> messed up, 
I sent an email apologizing, and we're talking on Monday, about this. And since that time to today, I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, right. So my brain was not there grinding on that situation. Yeah, yeah, which is important. It's really important. Yeah. Right? So yeah. That, that went away. So that correction there mm -hmm. took out one of the things that would be negative that would cycle around in my head. Sure, sure. Yeah, so you took action to take the the, the power out of the it. Power out of the power right? yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Here what it was, is I owned my mistake. Yeah, right. And I didn't want to have the negative energy of that mistake stand between this individual and me. Yeah, and you've, you felt worthy enough to own your oh, mistake. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I would, knowing you, probably immediately, oh, as soon as you realized, you know, taking action. Well, I so. maybe more specific. It took me about six hours of fighting myself. <laughs> you know, no, I don't need to do that. Yes, you do. No, you don't. It's like a freaking ping pong ball in my head. And I recognized what I was doing. I'm going, okay, stop. Yeah. Stop, stop. You're giving me way too much credit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so, yeah, so sure. meditation gets oh, you there. Human. And I think that having fun through that process after you've come out, you 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 start your day. You kind of get going. I started day with a cup of coffee, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I like coffee. I like making coffee. I like the coffee process. I like the whole thing. So I have fun yeah. with it. Yeah, the smell. The smell. Yeah, the mm -hmm. smell. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> love love coffee. But but yeah. the opening up of the day. I think this is yeah. the most important. Part. It is. Yeah, it is. And I've opened up wonderful days, and have had horrible days having opened up wonderful days. But. Like you said, you can always restart. So what's a horrible day? Well, you know, it just, it doesn't go, for me, it doesn't go the way I planned or or this situation gets in the way of maybe what, you know, I had set out to do that day. And so being okay with that is is uh, the the correction for me. And, and well, let me, well, I'll press into this sure, because I think please. this is a real distinction. Yeah. I set out to have a good day and it turned to shit. Mm-hmm. What is the determining factor that gave us the point of view that it turned to shit? It's that we say it turned to shit. You Bingo. Know? Yeah, we allow our We allowed head. ourselves to yeah, think. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have control over it. That's the bottom line. So I have, I have the power and the ability to say, no, that was just a good day. Mm -hmm. And people are going to step back and say, how could that possibly be a good day? Yeah. This happened. Right. Well, point of view and assumptions about what you determine as good and outcomes is solely within your own field of view, your own control. Yeah, right. And so I always, when someone says to me they had a shitty day yesterday, well, tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And then they'll end up telling me a bunch of stuff. And then they, what end up, they, they say almost always that they learned something out of it, that yeah. something came out of it that was better than they expected and like that. But the, but the negative energy that they've built around the situation for whatever reason was so palpable, they couldn't come out of it. Mm, yeah. Well, so you make a good point just talking it through. That's right. You know, as it as allows that perception to see, okay, well, what's that golden nugget in there? You know, the mm. obstacle really is the way. It then, is. Then there's that, that golden nuggets in there every single time. We had, we had, um, a ritual at my house when the kids were in school um, that we have dinner as many times at night as we've had, right? Getting everybody together. So it was worked out to be about four times a week, right? And it was very important. And we would say highs and lows. 
tell us what your highs were for the day and what mm -hmm. your lows for the day. And it, it forced the kids to always look for the good that happened during the day because they would go straight to the bad. Mm -hmm. You know, people would, it's just a natural tendency. So in my coaching practice, we always start with wins. Mm -hmm. We don't start off with what's wrong. Right. We always, tell me what's going good. And it's an unnatural act for many yeah. people. Right. But after you know a number of sessions on the coaching sessions, that they come in with the wins in their hand and they're ready to talk about them. It's a really, it's really pretty cool to see. But with the kids, same way. And so what they learned was that they had control over their perception, mm -hmm. just by doing it, by just telling us, yeah. by talking it through. Right, right. That's and powerful. It's a very powerful technique. To mm -hmm. what's your highs and lows for the day? Yeah, yeah. That's a great tool. Yeah. Great so tool very, 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 very good. So finally, I think that the the piece that that I want to impart to everybody is that you have the ability to judge how your day is unfolding. That is your choice to put judgment on how it's opening up. How is that day unfolding? You have the ability to say, this is bad or this is good. This sucks or this is great. It's your choice. Yeah. It stems from you. It stems, it stems from your point of view yeah. and the assumptions you make about what is good and what is bad. Yeah. yeah. Now, it's pretty hard not to see the loss of a loved one as bad. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, and the, and the financial problems, right? Uh, sure. You know, getting two flat tires when you only have one spare, right? Stuff like that. You know, yeah. there's children with sickness and, you know, yeah. just things like that. It's hard to put context around that that is a good day. Mm-hmm. It's likely falls in the category of not such a good day. Sure. Right. Yeah, but 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 is it you though? Is it the definition of you? And I I I know I've had some hard days, but at some level I've always said to myself, you know, this day does not define me. That's a great statement, you know. Yeah, and if you say that to yourself, when you're having a bad day, that itself could help you change your perception and look at it a little bit differently. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't define me. This it's, day does not define me. Sure, sure. Yeah, it may hurt some portion of me or you know, conflict with my ego or something like that, but it doesn't define my true self and who I am. So that's great. That's just even saying that statement, I could see how it could change the perception. Well, let's end on a high note then. Yeah. Let's just kind of wrap it up with this day does not define me. That's right. Nor does this <laughs> podcast. And we're going to have fun. <laughs> we're going to have fun today. So that's Devin, right. hey, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Robert. How did it get a hold of you? You can get a hold of me by going to devin at motiveforlife.com or you can find me on LinkedIn as Devin Waite. Great. And uh, this is Robert Christensen. You can find me at robert at motiveforlife.com or LinkedIn at Robert Christensen there. In addition, you can download The Gift, which is a 90-day mantra reading program that you read every morning out loud. And it is the building of a foundation of worthiness in your life. We highly recommend it. It's part of the coaching practice that we provide here at Motive for Life without letting people get started and starting to unwind some of these tangled knots of worthiness. In addition, there's the book, The Bug in Our Brain, which is pretty much um, how the technology works around uh, getting worthiness built up in your life. You can find that on Amazon and Kindle. And of course, you can always go to motiveforlife.com. Thank you very much, Devin, for joining me. Thank you, Robert. All right, folks, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.
This has been a production of Motive for Life, all rights reserved. Music by bensound.com. For further information, contact Motive for Life at info at motiveforlife.com or visit us at motiveforlife.com.